Dior Talks. The female gaze uh, for me is about changing the way we present women in fashion. More like a subject, not uh, as an object. The women are represented in many different ways, not only one way. That is very important for me. It's also what I try to make with my work in Dior. There are many elements in the female case. What is the relationship between 15th century painting and photography? Julia Hetter forges a deep connection with the past in her arresting images that riff on the traditions of European masters. Fetted in both the art and fashion world, the Stockholm-based artist joins me today to discuss her unconventional path to becoming a photographer, how she has introduced the idea of slow craft to the medium, and whether women see the world differently. I'm Charlotte Janssen, a journalist and the author of Girl on Girl, a book exploring photography in the age of the female gaze. You're listening to Dior Talks, conversations on the female gaze. Hi, Julia. Hi, hi. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really happy to have you as, as, that, as that guest. You had a dark room at home um, when you were yeah. growing up, didn't you? And that kind of really was your introduction to photography um, and the idea of what photography could be. How sort of impactful was that early experience? Can you tell me a bit more about that and how it's shaped you as a photographer? Well, I was, it started actually that I was doing painting, but then my father had a dark room in in the basement and when I started to experiment there I realized that it was much more fun than than doing painting and sketching and um, so I was really just very got really into just standing there and experimenting in black and white it it felt like it was um, a little bit the same thing like what I had been doing with the pencil and so on but I I could just um, uh, use it in another way and it was yeah it was really pleasant yeah it's more of a craft isn't it I mean I often think that it's funny that we consider um the sort of dark room analog photography and as you know it should almost be considered as a separate medium from digital photography because it's just so different um in every way in the pro- in the approach and it's, it's much more aligned like you say with sort of um you know maybe drawing painting and those kind of um, more traditional art forms and techniques um but yeah. how did you start out then because from there you had this kind of early enc- encounter your, your father had the dark room at home and then I read that you were too shy to become an assistant um <laughs> which is the it was yeah, which is the right. typical path you know for for people to a lot of young photographers start out um by assistant a more established or more famous photographer but you didn't go that route did you yeah no um that's true that I was uh, a bit too shy to to ask for that Mm -hmm. because I was I was really uh, into um asking for for assist and a photographer Mm -hmm. and I was looking at all the magazines that my father had about photography and I was admiring uh, like uh, Mikael Jansson, the Swedish photographer, and uh, Anders Peter Schreen, who was more a photojournalist, mm-hmm. uh, other photographers that I that I saw in those magazines, yeah. and I wanted to to do um, yeah to become an assistant. So then I I remember that I called up an agency where I knew that one of the photographers were um, were having their work 
uh, and I came there. But it ended up that I was working there um, as a photojournalist for about almost uh, eight years, six years actually, and uh, and never really asked uh, anyone if I could become their assistant. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> in one way, that was really good for me because in that way I realized it was like a library filled with pictures from from all kinds of photographers. So that was instead uh, the way I was uh, practicing photography. But I could never really dare to ask if I could go out with them to to work with them. Uh, And later on, I sort of also really uh, liked to work there uh, in that um, archive. And um, I learned a lot from that. Yeah, it's a very informative environment, I guess, surrounded by those images. And I I guess it, it made you more independent in the way that you've carved your own, like, you know, ideas about photography and your own style, because you haven't had that sort of main influence, um, you know, to, to, to mould yeah, you professionally. I think so. And I think uh, it was also, I think it was um, really good that it was all kinds, it was actually most of, of the of the archive, uh, the pictures that were in the archive was photojournalistic pictures. Not at all. There was no fashion photographer really, uh, so mm. it was another kind of photography um, that I'm that I'm doing today. I think it would be a totally different situation if I had gone to become an assistant to a fashion fashion photographer or yeah. Uh, yeah. Or no one knows, yeah. but I, I think so. Yeah, I think it could have could have had a different outcome but you know I'm grateful that that you took the path that you did and I think I think it's inspiring to hear that as well that you don't always have to go the same route and that you know because of your personality maybe you're just your feelings as a person might have kind of been an obstacle but in a way that that ended up you you didn't give up on the the kind of dream or the idea of being a photographer still and you kind of found your own path you know even though the system perhaps generally works works differently I think that's really that's a really important sort of lesson for Mm. anyone starting out as well um and I want to ask you as well Mm, I mean this we're talking about the female gaze obviously and and your um vision and and perspective as a woman as well and and how that plays into your work but it's interesting to me that there are these um two men in your family that have actually um been so important in your work so you mentioned before your father who introduced you to the dark room and then your younger brother has also played quite an important role in your work um and you collaborate with him can you can you tell me about him and and the work you do together yes i mean it all started with that he was the one that i was photographing when i started there in the dark room and when i when i was uh, making my own world uh, and uh, he was interested of it and to be a part of it. So he was the model and I was the photographer and we just played along and he was like, uh, mm. I think he was then eight, nine years old or something. And uh, wow, yeah, really yeah, exactly. And from there on, because I, I also tried, I mean, I think when you start, I mean, it's quite normal that you start with photographing maybe your uh, sister and brother or, or your family or your friends. Uh, but no mm-hmm. one, I mean, my I have a sister, for example, and she 
became totally furious when I started when I tried to make pictures of her. So <laughs> it was it was just wow. only my brother that yeah. had the patience with me and really also thought it was fun. So we were doing that together, yeah. like during the summers we came up with ideas and and after summer and after summer he became older and older and yeah. So he was the one that was was part of it and we that, and almost the only person I was photographing and for the rest I, I did like mm-hmm. nature things and uh, still lives and so on and then um, yeah and then later on when he finished school he went off to Paris and very early uh, on he started to work in fashion he started to work at Vogue I think when he was 22 or something like that. And I was Mm -hmm. uh, then at at an art academy in Amsterdam and I was uh, sort of protective about him working in the fashion business. I thought it was horrible and (laughs) and so on. But later on, (laughs) it started also, I mean, this is year after year, it's a span of of about 15 years in between here. But then... then, um, Yeah, it ended up that he drew me into that world and we, we worked uh, and he was a stylist and, and I was the photographer. But it was it still feels some days when we're working that we are back in the fields of Uppsala and working in the same way Aww. that we did then because it's all about creating a That's photography so nice. together. So so yeah, that's I think that's just like a really a really nice um thing about your work that that people might not necessarily know like when when you first encounter it um but one thing you are really known for is the way that you your work um draws on the 15th century era of classical painting particularly the dutch masters um and you do this through this kind of chiaroscuro light that you employ and through many of the details that kind of um you know remind us of that of those very like iconic masterpieces you know that you have plays of like darkness and luminosity in your work um it's not even that it's timeless for me actually it feels bygone it feels classical um which is very unusual in contemporary art in general but also in photography to have this um this feeling uh well i think it's many answers on that question but um i mean for for example (laughs) the light i think uh it comes also from natural situation that that that's the light that you find very much in Sweden in the winter time it's so the light source is so small so that's uh, somehow how I started to I was started to work with that light and I'm and I never wanted really to go away from it and um, and then uh, I always loved painting and and not necessarily always the renaissance time era now I'm more into other I have to say, but but it's um, it can also uh, have to do about that I was studying in in Holland and I was looking at the work uh, at a historical work of, of art there and um, and I always loved those old kind of portraits that um, that mm-hmm. you can be if you have it in a room you can almost not be in that room except of. Uh, looking at that portrait mm-hmm. and the eyes are sort of so mm-hmm. um, so much with you Following exactly you. and I was uh, yeah I was always I think it was my grandmother had some some of those portraits and I, I always loved that that presence and then I think it just also been just 
fitting me the way of working quite slow with a seated portrait and with that kind of light. And um, I love that kind of uh, darkness and uh, it's a certain heavy feeling somehow and um, uh, stillness and the depth. Um, Yeah, what do you think about that? Do you feel that you bring a different kind of gaze as a woman to that? Or do do you, you, have you ever thought of it in in those terms at all? Uh, Of course, I've been thinking about it, but I think it's hard to to, uh, answer. And um, I think it's an interesting thing you say that it's almost feel a bit masculine because that I've never been thinking. I've been always thinking that I'm Mm -hmm. sometimes driven to a little bit, I've been many times sort of uh, fighting against my own romanticism or uh, trying to to make it a little bit more edgy or a little bit more sharp and so on. So that's things that I've been yep. thinking about. I find it so hard and I, and I do think that it's something that you can talk forever about if, if there is a certain... Uh, I mean, if my work would have been looking differently if I was a man or not. Um, right. yeah. a f- on a fast answer, I do think that it, there is a difference and that you often maybe can see that there is a woman or a man behind it. But it's not at all necessary that it is so. I mean, for example, I was the other day I was looking at the work of Imogen Cunningham and I uh, have to admit mm-hmm. that I yep. always thought it was a man and I was so happy to 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 discover <laughs> that she was a woman actually and then yeah and then I was surprised and really happily surprised and and uh, one day I was also asked to uh, send in my seven favorite photographs of mine and I re- realized yep. that actually in the end all of them were were taken by women so that and I hadn't even been thinking about it. Interesting. Yes, that was really interesting right. to, to me. So, yeah. Subconsciously, maybe there's something in it Probably. that we relate to or identify to. Um, you know, and it may not even be necessarily about the gender, but it's just there's something perhaps that we identify more easily with each other if we inhabit, you know, a similar sort of body, mm. um, you know, as a starting point. Maybe... Um, you know, it's it's as you say, it's it's a it's a very complicated question. You can answer it, address it in in so many mm. different ways. But I I do think that maybe maybe the actual outcome is not always evident. Um, but maybe there's something in the approach, in the way mm. that you might approach um, a subject, or the, the way you might frame a subject, the way you might release that image into the world that might kind of subtly hint at the mm. fact that there's a woman behind the camera yeah and i think it also can be different values um, behind it right uh, which i think is uh, interesting yeah absolutely and so you said you were fighting against your own romanticism <laughs> yeah tell me about that because i've i've seen you described as romantic and you've described yourself as as a romantic um and someone who is interested in beauty yeah. why do you fight against that and is that is that still true um it is still true, and I also do love that um, side of myself. But um, sometimes I just feel like it, everyone that is working with um, 
with some kind of art or, or uh, photography or something that you want to you don't want to be stuck in a certain box mm-hmm. so you want to develop yeah I think it's about that not to be stuck in something and to go on and continue and to uh, reach other borders and so on and I also do think mm-hmm. there is something that you always have to be careful about when working with beauty is not to become too... I, I, I think it's important mm. to have other ingredients and almost opposite of beauty included in the work to be able to sort of mm-hmm. uh, highlight it or, or, or make it interesting or... Um, yeah, it, it can't be only beauty, then, then it doesn't appeal me at, at least. Yeah, yeah, and I can see that very much in your in your images you know you I'm looking as I'm sure many will be listening to this like looking at um some of your images um online and and I can see that you know you introduce those those kind of almost I guess yeah sort of dark spectral mm. um you know it's almost like this Japanese idea of wabi-sabi like this yeah. that there needs to be something imperfect in in the image that kind of throws it off that is very fundamentally human as well. Um, and, you know, we don't get that from the perfect image. Mm. Um, I've, I've been reading recently um, Toni Morrison's novel, The, the Bluest mm. Eye, which is really gut-wrenching book. But anyway, um, one of the characters, Pauline, one of the central characters, she starts going to the movies a lot and there there has these sort of encounters with, you know, the silver screen and depictions of physical beauty, like perfection for the first time and Morrison writes that that this you know through this character she writes about the fact that this romantic um sort of idealized idealized um vision of of love and of beauty is the kind of root cause of of envy and disillusion in the world in Mm. a way um and is this something that you that you're also thinking about when you're particularly working with fashion images and the way that they might be consumed and perceived and and I was wondering how that might relate to your um concept of and I, I don't know how to pronounce this word logom mm, is that logom, a Scandinavian yes. concept yeah, yeah. logom um <laughs> that, that it might in some way relate re- relate to that yeah interesting what you're saying about the novel yeah I think that it's it's important for me to have other ingredients and and it is really uh, interesting but also really hard for me to, to sort of understand what the uh, term of beauty really uh, consists and um, what mm-hmm. do you mean with that? It can be so broad and it can yeah. be also very um, something that can be very negative and uh, yeah. limited and, and so on. But I do think that there was something that you said there about Vabisabe and Lagom. And what I find, for example, is the balance, that it has to be a balance. And what I mean with that is that there has to be, if there is like a traditional beauty concept in my work, for example, I also have to have the balance of a darkness or something that you feel that is a little bit uncertain or maybe even frightening or something. So that it's... That um, there is a, actually a beautiful poem, a Swedish poem, uh, which says that um, uh, you shouldn't be afraid of the darkness since the light beholds it uh, and you don't see the stars mm. if you don't 
uh, or if you're not in the dark, for example. And mm. I, I think mm. that's wow. um, something that for me is interesting and something that I work with. Yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah, I mean, looking at um, on your Instagram, for example, that um, you posted recently a picture, a nude, which is like, for me, it kind of captures all of that you're, that you're saying. So you've got the nude figure that's in the centre of this completely black frame, so it's almost floating. Mm. Um, and it's a female nude, but we don't see, you know, the, the head, the body is at this strange you know, unusual, almost awkward angle. Mm. So we see the flesh in a completely different um, way. You know, it's almost it's almost becoming abstract. Mm. It's, it's very, very much like a form anyway. And the hand sort of raised. And can you tell me about how you made that image and how that for you might touch on some of those ideas that we're, that we're talking about? Uh, well, I just had a um, real uh, urge of, of working with the female body and, and uh, nudes. And... Um, I thought it was also really relieving to not work with um, clothes on the body and also to be able to work with <laughs> with, uh, with real women and um, normal bodies. Uh, yeah, so, not models. Yeah, exactly. So I just started a project and I'm still working on it with... Um, sort of studies of, of uh, bodies that I can relate a little bit more to. And and it's also about shapes and it's also about uh, just psychological uh, situations. So sometimes I also, I just try to not think too much about what I'm doing while I'm doing. Right. Um, and I find it interesting how you, how you pair... Um, as well, some of the still life um, work that you do. Do, do you, uh, you sometimes you collect sort of objects? Is it from nature? I mean, nature obviously has a, a very important role in your work as well. Um, what's the meaning of that for you and, and, and those still life images that you make? Uh, well, I think I already from the beginning always loved to pair uh, pictures together and see what happened in that collaboration somehow and and I was mm-hmm. always then taking pictures of nature or still lives that I paired with portraits or uh, more um, pictures of my brother and so on so that's something I always been doing and um, and later on when you work for magazines and so on it's not always that they have the the place for it uh, but I always love to mix in other things uh, such as still life or nature or uh, just um, just to create or or um, just to create more more of a feeling or an atmosphere or a story i was wondering um you know thinking more about that you participated at this exhibition at the foam museum in amsterdam called Don't Stop Now, um, Fashion Photography Next, um, which was quite an important um, exhibition of of work in the genre of fashion photography, um, which we don't necessarily usually see handled in a museum or gallery context in that kind of more deep and more intellectual way, you know, to have Mm. that kind of encounter with fashion photography. Um, outside sort of campaigns and billboards and things the way we're used to seeing it what what's your feeling about that and the way that fashion photography is perceived today and and how do you feel that 
you know, your work might contribute to, to different ways of understanding what photography is and what it does um, in fashion? Uh, I think it was really positive. Um, and I do think that it doesn't really matter for me what if, if a picture belongs comes from the fashion world or if it comes from the from the art world or if it comes from the photo journalistic world I, I do think that it's in the end the picture itself that that uh, gives the answer if it's worth to be mm-hmm. on a wall or not and I, I yeah. think it's more about that feeling and uh, so I do think that it's um, important to break up the borders between um, those different uh, rooms sort of mm-hmm. same thing for me I mean I am uh, I'm in exhibitions and I'm also in magazines and I'm also doing uh, things for for brands and I love that way of working I think it's relieving and I do think that my work that I have in the walls, in a, on, on a gallery, I think it's connected to the work that I do for your magazine or, or whatsoever. Yep. And I think it's for me, it's been really good to 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 work in all those different fields because it gives something. F- first of all, it it made me start to work really, really good because yeah. I, I had the pressure on me. So, mm. I mean, the early years when I had graduated from, from the Art Academy, I was just in the dark room working for myself. I didn't dare to show anyone what I had been doing, working on a, mm. a portfolio for years and I never showed it to anyone. And then it was my brother that was like, okay, now we do a meeting in for a client that is an... Um, uh, who's have has a brand and she can look at your work and and then I was sort of forced to do pictures for her and that's how I continued that I had to <laughs> I just had to do it because there was a deadline yeah. and someone was telling me that I had to finish it and I had to do a shooting. Mm. Um, but can we talk more about the work you've done for Dior? Because I mean, and this is I think really speaks of um, how brilliant Maria Grazia has been in in bringing in people like you who you know their art doesn't know any boundaries and it doesn't matter whether you work in fashion photography or you're um coming from documentary or you know working in different fields um as you said before it's the image that you create and it's the vision that you have that's the important thing I think for her and and how she approaches um you know the shoots and the and the editorial campaigns as well for mm. Dior. So you did something for the magazine which I loved, which was all about optical illusions. I, I was hoping you could tell me a bit more about that particular shoot and, oh, and, yeah. and how how it was for you. Yeah, I guess that you're referring to the shoot I did um, a black and white theory that I did that was uh, yep. all inspired by the the painter Leonor Fini and I was just uh, really really into her work and I love her work and uh, it was also a little bit funny because I had just the day before I got the question if I wanted to do shooting for them I had been looking at a documentary about Leonora Carrington who he who apparently was her one of her best friends and they were they their art relate to each other very well because and then they were also both having an affair with Max Ernst. 
so anyhow, uh, yeah. So it was suddenly I was <laughs> just so drawn into that, that those characters and the, and what what yeah and their art and uh, I was so inspired by uh, Leonor Fini's art and uh, also her life and so on. Uh, so mm. they, it was such a pleasure to to just dig into it and um, I just spent. I don't know, I think it was about two weeks or something that uh, I spent just looking at her work and looking at the new collection from Maria Gracia and, and think about what we could do. And it, it's all, of course, a team uh, collaboration. So, uh, but it was so pleasant. And um, we created a sort of a surreal stage for women uh, wearing the clothes. clothes. And um, often when I work, I sort of, try to have the time to really make my brain totally surrounded by what I'm going to do. But I'm not told, I never want to do, to know exactly what I'm going to do. It's more about just sort of uh, psychologically go into certain uh, way of looking or um, feeling or being and then uh, surround myself with all the things that belong to it and then try to do something out from my own hands and eyes. Um, Make it your own. Yeah, exactly. And of course, my brother was in this process as well uh, as a team. And uh, and we also were working with a brilliant set designer and uh, a brilliant collection and so on. So it was all very pleasant. Uh, I was just afraid yeah. of... The only one that could do something wrong was the photographer, and that was me. So <laughs> I was just feeling that everyone else was brilliant. But then I think we succeeded in the end. Is there one female photographer particularly, or female artist perhaps, that you particularly admire or appreciate? Well, there's many. Um, and as I said before, um, I had a list of at least six women that that have been so mm. inspiring and, and important for me but someone that I often come back to is Francesca Woodman that been um, mm. that I've been admire for, for since I was um, 16 years old and discover her work uh, even though my work is quite far from her it's something that I always come back to yeah. and as well as Saliman or Sarah Moon um, Deborah mm. Derberville Lee Miller Imogen Cunningham a lot yeah I can see it's funny that you mentioned Francesca Woodman because her name hasn't really come up um, yet but for many of the other um, artists I've interviewed and, and okay. yeah I think she's uh, she's an incredibly important you know obviously her, her career was very short mm. um, you know tragically short but it's interesting that you're the first to mention her because I, I feel okay. like her work is so so important and, and, I, and I do see that connection there's that almost eeriness or, the, or perhaps it's the, the darkness and light you know that tension mm. that's in her work that I can see that also sort of especially in the nude work um, that, that you've been doing and that the sort of interior you know the, the feeling of, of maybe heaviness as well in a way. Mm. That's nice to hear. Um, I just wanted to maybe go back on ourselves a bit and ask you to to explain more on the logum. Is that am I saying that right again? Um, what does what does that actually mean? That word and what what 
where does that concept come from? Because I realise we moved on from it. Perhaps we need to explain that term for people that are not familiar with it. Yeah, so uh, the word, uh, word uh, lagom is, um, is um, you use it when you mean something that is uh, both, um, yeah, it's something that is in balance. So uh, if I, for example, would like to have a little bit of milk, I, I don't want to have too much, but I don't want to have too little. I want to have lagom mm-hmm. um, in, in my right. glass. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's also something, it, it has a sort of Asian way of thinking, of course. Um, Sensibility, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've loved speaking to you. Thank you so much for, for yeah. joining me today and, and sharing so generously, you know, about your work and your life. And, and I look forward to following your, your work in future because it's, it's, really, it's really special. So thank you. Oh, but thank you. It's been pleasant, I think. And no, but really interesting nice. too.